Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hi, this is Josh Culp. This is uh, Daily Daf Differently for Daf Gimel of Masechet Tubot. Yesterday we talked a little bit about the um, transformation of the biblical law of Tano Petulim of virginity claims to the rabbinic law. Um, and today I want to go on with Daf Gimel. There is just so much historical interesting information on this Daf, so many interesting sugyot, <coughs> excuse me, really, throughout the entire chapter, that it's hard for me to pick what it is to choose about. I'd really like to sort of read for you an English version of my doctorate, but I don't think you'd like that too much either. But So I have to kind of filter it out and, and choose what it is I want to to tell, tell you about, and maybe someday I'll publish my doctorate, and then you can read the whole thing to your delight to help put you to sleep at night. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so the I wanted to begin... Um, today's Iyun, our little discussion with Dafka um, Gimel Amud Bet, the second page, where you get the Brita that appears in the beginning of the Tosefta, uh, um, which really is an explanation of the Mishnah. Uh, I'm going to talk more about the Mishnah again in later Dapim. We have about nine Daf that are all about this Mishnah, so we have a little bit of time to talk about the Mishnah, but I wanted to talk about the Brita over here first. Ditanya, uh, taught in a Brita, Mipnei Ma Amru Betulani Seit so why did they say a virgin is married on Wednesday? A little curious because the Mishnah already says why a virgin was married on Wednesday, and the Brita sort of asks it as if the Mishnah never said it. This may be one of those cases where the Mishnah is a little bit of a later redaction than the Brita, than the Tosefta. Um, if he has a virginity claim, he would get up and go to the court, uh, and then he would, you know, because the courts <coughs> sit on Thursday, so he would have sex with her for the first time on Wednesday night, and he would be able to get up and go to the court on Thursday morning and make a claim. Later on, we're going to talk about, like, why do we care all that much <coughs> that if she gets to the court the next day, why can't it just wait a day? But we'll save that discussion for a little later. The bride asks a good question. Why shouldn't she be married on the first day of the week? So he, if he had a Tana Petulim, a virginity claim, he could get up and go to the court on Monday. After all, the court sits twice a week. Why should she get married on Wednesday so that she um, the virginity claim can be made on Thursday? Why not at least give also the option of getting married on Sunday so that she could go to the court, or he could take her to the court on Monday. So the Gemara answers, the, the bright answer, Shakdu chachamim al-takinot benot Yisrael. The rabbis cared to make things, I think I would translate this, as best as possible for the daughters of Israel. Shi'adam toreach besuda, shoshayamim. That a person should um, prepare the meal, the wedding feast, for three days. Echad b'shabat, v'sheni b'shabat, Ushrishi Beshabat, Uruvi Konsa. 
They should get um, prepare for the wedding feast three days. <laughs> the first uh, day of the week, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, and then get married on Wednesday. If they got married on Sunday, you'd have the problem that you really couldn't prepare the feast on Shabbat. All the preparations would have to, uh, at least uh, the food would get older. So they didn't want people getting married on Sunday. Elsewhere, we're going to learn that in general, there was a problem with getting married on Sunday is the fear that the preparations would be done on Shabbat. Now notice, um, this Brita does not talk about the Almana, the widow. So we're going to get later on to talking about the widow, but for now we're only talking about the virgin. The Mishnah also never said anything about why a widow should have to get married on Thursday. We understand the virgin, the first marriage on Wednesday, but why the widow on Thursday is still left up in the air. Interestingly, the Brita goes on and talks about exceptions. From the time of danger and onward, this is like the time of danger, not just in a dangerous time, but from a time of danger, the, the people had the custom to get married on Tuesday. The rabbis did not protest that. And on Monday, he shouldn't get married to her. But if there is some kind of forced situation, uh, duress, some uh, situation I'll talk about in a second, that forced them to get married on Monday, then it was permitted, even though there would now be three days until the um, court, next time the court sits on Thursday, if they missed already the court on Monday. So the Brita here is very difficult, and the Gemara spent some time talking about what is this sakana and what is this onus? What is this danger and what is the force? So I want to talk about this this uh, forced situation. I want to talk about um, what uh, the, the Gemara says a little bit and then a little bit of like a more of an academic approach. Um, after asking what is this sakana, they say, Amar Rabbah, Da'amre betula aniset biyom harivii tiba'el lehigemon tchila. That Rabbah, or in some versions it's Rava, says, they say that the virgin who gets married on Wednesday should first have sexual relations with the Roman governor. And this is a theme that we find in a lot of literature. We find it elsewhere in Midrashic and Rabbinic literature as well. Um, it's called Gzerata uh, Betulot, the decree against the Betulot. Um, in Latin it's called Jus Pramai, Jus Primai Noctus, the rite of the first night. And it's a little bit of a folk myth, this idea that there was a time or there were places where there was an official law that all virgins first had to have sexual relations with the governor. Now, historians say that there really never was a law, any society that had a law uh, of this nature, a little bit um, like a male fear that the Roman governor or the governor of the powerful colonizing authority is going to come and take away their women. He's not saying, the historians don't say this never ever happened. Obviously, there may have been isolated cases of rape and pillage with marauding armies, colonizing armies, uh, and uh, this may have occurred in the Roman period as well. But as far as a law or a gzera that the government made, that this has to happen every time and that this is sort of a sanctioned event that is a little bit of a folk myth 
Um, it does come up one other time in the Yerushalmi, where they use it to explain a custom we're going to talk later on about in this chapter, the idea that um, in Judah, in the land of Judea, the woman would sleep with her husband while still in her in-law's home before marriage. In other words, after betrothal, before marriage, according to the Yerushalmi, they had a custom for the husband to first sleep with his wife, and they used the idea of the decree against the virgins, the Gzeirat Betulot, the right of the first night, to explain that custom. It's a very odd explanation. Um, but I wanted to... Uh, the the Brights is very problematic. It probably has a little bit to do with the deterioration of the custom to get married on Wednesday. One of the main problems with the Brights is, well, look, Romans weren't dumb, right? The Romans understood. If the, the rabbis moved weddings to Tuesday... And they had a right of the first night law. So as soon as they saw it caught on that the Rome, that the Jews had moved their weddings to Tuesday, they would have just moved the persecution of the Jews to Tuesday. So how can you say it was some kind of organized sakana? Imagine if there was a religious persecution against Jewish weddings, the, uh, the result wouldn't be to move it to another fixed day. The result would be to get married in hiding on whatever day is possible. So it's an extremely difficult brighter to explain as reflecting actual history. Um, and it's also hard to explain the onus. The Gemara goes on to explain that the onus is that um, his advanced guard would come earlier. Uh, his advanced guard would come to the town on Tuesday, and he would come to rape the virgins on Wednesday, and so therefore they couldn't get married on Tuesday or Wednesday. I want to finish with a little tidbit that I think is very interesting. The Yerushalmi gives a totally different parish from Onus that I think may be a little bit more in line with the Pshat, and that's this idea of Kshafim, sorcery. And the truth is we read a lot about this in ancient sorcery. They were like love charms. Um, and uh, sort of uh, people would put spells, they would go to sorcerers, you wanted to get married to somebody, and you didn't um, have the maybe the financial means to convince that woman's parents, or if you were a woman, you wanted to get married to a guy, you uh, failed to attract his attention, or your family had failed to attract his attention. One of the things that you could do was put a spell on him. And so the uh, Yerushalmi explains why would you get married on Monday? Why would you have an onus, a forced situation to get married on Monday? Maybe there was some kind of love spell. And Shaul Lieberman uh, talks about that there were magic uh, papyrus things found in ancient Egypt and in ancient Rome, uh, or excuse me, just in ancient Egypt, that they believed that they had the power to force the husband, the Chatan, to marry the Kala. And that's exactly how the Yerushalmi explains the onus. So that there's some kind of forced situation where magic determines they have to get married on Monday. The Brita and the Yerushalmi's explanation of the Brita allows that. That's it for today's Daf. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.